Backyard Green Films is proud to present this episode of Agriculture with your host, Alara Bowman. Alara and her husband, Rick, travel throughout the land in their travel trailer, which they have nicknamed Bessie, bringing you stories about their travels and the people they meet. They visit farmers, ranchers, and just about anyone who loves putting their hands in the dirt or their feet in stirrups. In those travels, they have gotten to meet some very interesting people. Here's one of those interviews. Welcome back to our podcast. Yes, it's Rick, and I'm sorry of those fans of Alara, but it's me this week. For those of you who regularly follow us on our adventures, you know we've been in the UK on the Tartan and Tweed Tour, and what a wonderful time we've had. This week, we continue with the second part of our interview with the good fellows from Pear Tree Farm and their Lester Longwolves. Today, Chris has taken us out to see his and Barry's flock, discuss the breed, and tell us the difference in the Lester colors. You know, everything isn't always so black and white, as Chris explains that to us. And also give us an update on some shows they will be attending. And oh, Barry, Chris, and the gang brought home a few awards from those shows they attended at Buck County and Dorset. Please keep an eye out for the upcoming video that will be on our YouTube channel. Now here's Chris and Alara and the Lester Longwolves. Hi, I'm Chris, Chris Sander. Yep. Um, I'm originally a chef. Um, I didn't pastry, know that part. A pastry, I did mainly pastry chefs, so cakes and that, and um, I just do a bit of private work and mainly work with the sheep nowadays. That pastry chef thing, I, this is something that's very popular here in Britain, I'm sure. Well, I did train in Germany. Oh, you did, then, okay. Yes, and then I came over here. Yes, cakes, cakes are always good. All right, well, now cake is a mixture of many different things and it makes a whole new thing that is, becomes a very lovely thing for many people to taste and look at. And in some way, the sheep are kind of like that too, right? I mean, you get to sort of mix which ones you want to put together and then you've got this gorgeous thing that, yes. right? Yes. So do you, you do your breeding here as well for, for your Lester's? Yes. All right, and you get to pick which ones you want to put together? So it is a little bit of look what you like the look of. So. Mm -hmm you know, a good ram that obviously has got, um, you know, he's got stature, it's got a bit of manliness about it. So, I mean, obviously, visually, you want an animal to look good. And then um, from a breeding point, we look at the pedigrees um, and see how closely related animals are. So you obviously don't, you don't want too closeness, but you need a little bit of the line, the inbreeding to obviously keep your breed traits. So um, you don't want to obviously lose the, the traits of your, of your individual breed. Now I was trying to remember, was it 650 total or 650 white? So we're currently running black. about 650 white breeding females and about 200 colored 50 or, or black, uh, 250 black breeding females. Now this has got a nice, a beautiful dark brown. This yeah. is sort of my color palette here that I lean toward. But is that considered black or colored so, or? So when the colored version, the, I suppose the technical term would really be colored, naturally colored. Um, when they were first allowed to be registered and pedigreed, they're called them black, but when the lambs born, the lambs are actually very black. All of them. Yes, so, not the white ones, but you know the the. So when these were born, they were they're pretty black. They have very black faces, but as the wool grows, 
the, the, the fleece lightens as well. Um, they usually remain with a very dark head, which you can see. They always have a little bit of white on the mouth. So come and show your head. It's, you know, you usually have a very nice dark head. Are you coming to say hello now? Dark-skinned sheep or yes, white-skinned, right? Dark-skinned, yeah. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> um, and they always have black, black legs. Now, the fleece can vary from a very dark to silvery, almost white, brown. You get virtually every combination of, of sort of color scheme in there. And that beautiful taupe, taupe color, that's just gorgeous. I, I'm still looking for sheep underneath all this here. Yes. I mean, that's some serious, serious wool. So, so this lamb was born in February, so you've got about what we are, sort of seven, we, we're August now. So. This animal? So he was born in February, so that wool growth is from February to now, so we, we've got about six months of wool growth there. Wow. I mean, I thought the sheep was big, but that wool, that's a lot of wool. It's, I think that's why you have a big sheep that can carry the, the weight of the wool. So when they get shorn, in, when they're about a year old, 12 months to 13, 14, 15 months old, um, you're looking at probably between five and seven kilos of fleece per sheep. So there's a lot of wool there. There is. Now, tell me a little bit about the different characteristics. We, you, we were talking about this earlier when we were walking out here, but some of these animals are very tight-knit curls and some so, of them are longer, kind of a dreadlock look. So this is the lamb. So the lamb fleece, you will always have these lovely little tips, which is what the lamb starts when, obviously, when they're born. And these tips, when you compare this to the animal sitting there, it never has this little tip any longer because obviously it's had its first cut. Mm. So that you, you never, so you can always tell if it's still a lamb's fleece because it has a little tip at the end. Is it, is, what are the characteristics? Is it softer or not really? Um, the lamb's wool tends to be a little bit finer, a little bit softer, um, you know, in, in, in its initial stages. Um, so some people will clip this now and then use the lamb's wool, which obviously is really nice for a garment or because it tends to be really soft. It's only had summer weather rather than winter weather on it. So, but when you're getting to next year, March, April, depending on the weather, May, and you come to shearing, you're looking probably about that length of wool on it. So what, 10, 12, 12 inches yeah, in the... Yeah, Wow. Um, and that will literally look like dreadlocks. That's amazing. And I understand too that oftentimes they'll leave the little bangs on the forehead, correct? Yes, the forelock? You, you leave the forelocks on, which gives a little bit more of, um, I think it just makes them look a bit more. They've got personality. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and um, so, so when you're looking at the characteristics of the wool, it's having a nice, nice even fleece. So the type of wool that you have at the front of the sheep, you also, you want this to run through the body that, you know, it's, it's not very fine there and very coarse there. You want evenness. In Is this fleece. because you're going to sell the entire fleece or because that's a, that makes, that, that lets you know that this this wool has a certain characteristic or is it I think it, yeah it's it's that the animal produces good quality wool throughout its body so it's not just the front part that is really good and the back part is very coarse or can contain some um, 
Sometimes they contain kemp, which is more hair-like rather than wool. So, so that is really what you're looking for. And the breed characteristics also breed through. So if your ram has got good wool, then obviously you were hoping that will pass on to his offspring. See, that, that's an interesting thing because when you're, when you're looking for one characteristic, you've got that great coffee table thing that you want, right? And you've got the, the, the steady legs. Then you have to put the wool as a factor in there. How do you kind of breed, put all of these things? It's like baking the cake, right? You've got to yes. make sure there's enough sugar, your, but how, how do you get the flour out at some point, right? Your ingredients need to balance. That yes. is right. I mean, we've in the past have had, say, a very good visually looking animal, but you may only breed with a few females to keep some of it because the wool was not really as good as I personally wanted. Mm. Um, I think I'm, I'm quite fussy about the kind of wool that I like <laughs> on my animals. I can tell, it, I so, love so, you know, so I think that is, and it is personal preferences as well. Some people prefer a, a more, a, uh, a fleece that has more of a crimp, where others have more of a curl within the fleece. So there is variation within the breed as well. I'm looking, am I going to see a black tongue here? He's nibbling on my hand a little. Yeah, he's ever so hungry. I mean, he does look like he needs... Starving. <laughs> he needs starving, starving out it? here in all this green grass. So they, they, they're going to have... Is the white sheep going to have the black tongue too? Is that, is that, are they going to be uniform across the breed? All of these... They have dark tongues. Actually. Do they all sheep, have dark yes, tongues? Yes, tend to look have, that. yes. Oh, that's like a small cow. Look at him, he's huge. She? He. She's that's he. a boy. That's Kingfisher. I would think so. So he's a five-year-old boy. Um, so obviously these in the front here being very intrusive, um, the lambs, you know, they will take about three years till they get to their full, full finished size. You quite often grow frame first before filling out. Beautiful. I mean, they're just gorgeous. But, but, and, and again, you're not necessarily going to get that same tight curl in all of the lambs that, that this so when, when, ram will throw, right? when you're looking at a lamb, um, when the lamb is born, you have, it looks more like a curly fleece on there, but as it grows, because it sort of grows the dreadlocks, once this is shorn next year, it will grow back and present these curls. You never get that proper dreadlock effect again. Always. That's only really in the first 18 months. Once that is, once it had its first shearing, you, you get this lovely curly fleece, but you never get that really, I mean, this can go to the ground next year. You will get it to, you will, it will. So I'm, I'm, I'm up to here, right? Yeah, so he knuckle. was, he was shorn in May this year. So that's the growth between May and, um, and August. So what we three months, four months. So, so do you have to shear them every six months or every year or they um, will get too it's, heavy? It's really individual preference. We only shear once a year. Some people shear um, twice a year because the wool is shorter and if you're doing commercial processing, um, it's easier for processing because mm. a lot of machinery cannot cope with wool that is that long. So it, but it, it ties up in the machine. It so it comes down to the sale at the back end, doesn't yes. it? Yes. terrible? Well, these are gorgeous sheep. That's all right. Absolutely okay. beautiful. So, did you want to go out the back? Yeah, well, yeah. show me the girls. So, these, so these were the four boys, and then we have a few girls out the back. <laughs> he's just a monster, isn't he? <laughs> I keep looking back at him. He's huge. But he's a very gentle giant. He's gorgeous, He loves though. going to the shows, and he loves being standing there, just being 
you know, talk to and it's surprising how many children will just come up and yeah. just and they'll just love it being, you know, being looked after. So now you, you mentioned that one thing, they get the wrinkles on them as they get older on their nose. That's just very typical. Um, it seems to be. I have no idea why that happens, whether that is um, not all breeds of sheep seem to get it. No, not that I've seen. Um, I mean, they do have quite large heads, whether it's something to do with, um, you know, but it, it, it does, yeah. Sorry, we have to fight our way through the trees here. They're gorgeous <laughs> trees full of apples and plums, plums and walnuts. Oh. And though the squirrels seem to get most of the walnuts. Yeah, so here, <laughs> here we have our group of young, young and elderly ladies. So this is a mixture of some of this year's lambs and um, some older ewes. The ladies standing in the far back is one of our showgirls. Hence the dreadlocks in the The one front. with the forelocks, yes. Yep. That's Lulu, who is off to a show on the end of the week. So that'll be our last shows. Um, and then these are our lambs that we're keeping for our own breeding for um, the next few years. So. One thing I needed to ask, the, the, the tails on the sheep, are they naturally docked and are they naturally pulled animals? No, these are long-tailed sheep, yep. so the lambs get uh, docked when they're um, a couple of days old, so you, they get bands around them. Okay, and then also, the, are they naturally pulled, Lester or Longwolf? Yes, le Lesters are naturally pulled. You do sometimes get like a little indentation, mm -hmm. which almost feels like a little horn, but, but they no, they don't grow any horns. I mean, they're beautiful animals, absolutely gorgeous. And I actually really like the color on the, the I mean, look at this dark one here. This is, I've forgotten the name that you mentioned. The, the black with the silver on the top almost. Yeah, that's um, Nancy, who's coming towards us now. Yeah, you thank you for training her to do that. Yeah, Nancy, come and look this way. Um, <laughs> and I think that was makes them very attractive to uh, spinners and crafters that the natural variation in the wool, um, you don't have to dye it. You can achieve so many different things just with natural color in them. It's beautiful. Aside from the fact that most, most people in the world industry are going to say it's the luster that we want and the staple length, I'm yep. assuming. Yes. But, that, but the colors are beautiful. Just, I mean, that even looks like it has luster and it's, it's dark out today it's a little bit cloudy and yet they they kind of it's shine still shine it's still they? got a shine in it yeah. yeah i mean when we do shows i mean some you know and the judges when they lift up the fleas and you do get the sun coming in it oh. it, it really <laughs> glistens and that is you know it does make it make it look um you know and i think that is having that sort of wool and it's dual purpose it's very good for some you know it's it's a good strong fiber mm. as well so it is usable as a garment but it is also usable for rug making felting and so it's a quite a good dual purpose mm. where mm. some other breeds they may be very fine and they may make a beautiful lace shawl but there's not enough strength to make something more for hard wearing but because this is such a, a long staple length you can use it for quite a few things and not only that boy that and the size of the sheep makes me say that you, you could use it. I'm sorry, ladies, but you could use this for mutton, or for, uh, for, uh, for uh, do I say lamb, mutton, or what is the whole thing? So you have lamb, 
So Lamy is technically meat that is from birth till so 12 months out, yep. 15 yep. months old. We generally, after 12 months, call it a hogget. Okay. Um, so the hogget would be up till about two years. Mm -hmm. Now, we sometimes keep some of the lambs on and use the hogget meat, which is still the same way of cooking lamb, um, but you get a lot more of mm. it. And it's obviously got much more maturity in it. It's, it's got more depth to it. Mm. And then from sort of two years on, you would refer to the meat as mutton. It's so interesting to me that some of these breeds that have been around longer, that it, whether it's a cow, a sheep, a pig, you name it, these many of them are heritage breeds because they're not in the production model system. Correct, yeah. And yet all of these sheep out here, if they have a four-year lifespan, they're running around the pasture and intake, they're, in, they're taking in nutrients that are deposited in their flesh and their bones. And there's a different character to the meat. And oh, the absolutely. Yeah. Given, given any animal time to grow yes. and grow in its own time as, and fed on grass and not given huge amount of additional feed like man-made concentrate, yeah. um, it reflects in the quality of the meat. It reflects in the quality of the wool. Yep. Um, these breeds, for instance, they actually have quite a longevity. Mm. So we have bred with girls that are eight, nine, ten years old. Our oldest lady was 12, wow. which was a little accident. We didn't put her with the ram, but yep. she went and found him. Nature finds a way, right? Yes, she found the ram because she still <laughs> wanted. So she actually had a little lamb at the age of 12. Wow. Now, in a commercial world, when sheep get to six years of age, they, they're pretty much worn out. So again, they may not be quite as prolific as commercial sheep, but over their lifespan, they'll probably choose as many lambs yeah. um, so you know they tick a lot of of good boxes of good boxes and, the, and they do it on the, on just pasture on pasture yeah. and I think one thing that we noticed um, last year we had a very hot summer it was very dry everything was brown they still managed to cope very well even though there was or didn't appear to be a lot of stuff there mm. where the more commercial-minded sheep, they needed a lot of feeding to keep them going. Or they didn't make it at all. Or they didn't make it at all. Yeah. But these actually can sustain themselves um, what appears to be on a lot less uh, of feeding. So I am just going to ask, I know you have your shirt on, are you the commercial side of the operation? No, definitely not. No? <laughs> You're the, you're the fun play with the genetics type? Or you're I'm the, the person who likes to play with the wool. I like, <laughs> I, I have a little play myself. Um, I'm not very good at it. Um, and I actually enjoy the sheep. I'm not from sheep background. Yeah. I've had nothing to do with sheep till we started in 2007. Um, but you grow a damn good sunflower. I do I try to grow a good sunflower, <laughs> yes. <laughs> But in terms of this, say say somebody wants to come and 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 either get stock from you both or I, to I, get wool. What do they do? I think I mean we obviously we on Facebook and various social media things um, through the association. Um, I generally would prefer that somebody comes here, can look at the sheep, yeah. we can talk sheep, and if they like the breed, they can get all the information they want, yeah. and if they start up a little flock which nowadays there isn't, there isn't huge farms with 
hundred, hundred fifty of yeah. these sheep. You know, they're they're small, half a dozen, ten, twenty, yep. twenty Leicester Longwoods in a flock. Um, so it is what we call the small holders who keep these breeds alive, and encouraging any new person to start a small flock, even if it's only three or four, it is an incentive to keep the breed going. And you know what I really like about that attitude, and you you both obviously really have it, is that there's this institutional knowledge that goes along with going to a farm and and asking questions about it because you don't always necessarily know everything there is to know about this sheep even if you know a lot about other sheep and that transfer of knowledge is something that's such a great thing in breed organizations and, and i think and that is it's, it's when you go to a sale you see animals you can buy them there but actually having that connection with the seller and the purchaser or the potentially new yeah. new person and I always say to everybody if you have a problem ring me if I can help I will I you that. always have the backup yes to to and even if somebody runs into difficulties and can't keep them any longer try and find new homes for the animals rather yeah. than them being lost yeah. from the national flock so yes. I think that's always a our sort of aim is, you know, is to help the breed as much yeah. as we can. Yeah. Now, if somebody wants to come and see these, you, you, you're going to the next show in a couple of days. Tell me, tell me. We are where. going to a local show to us, which is the Bucks County show, which is near Aylesbury. Okay. And then on Friday, we're off to Dorset County show, which is right on the coast, lovely part of the world. So we've not done that show before. So it'll be interesting to see how we. It's a diff new, new adventure for us down there. <laughs> well, I'm really hoping that we can move our schedule around to hit that one. Even if not, I wish you much luck. Thank you, you very much. Because you both have obviously put a great amount of work into your sheep and a little love in there too, right? I mean, this, these are gorgeous and they're obviously well taken care of. Just beautiful. And thank, thank you. you for not yelling at me too much when I went over and let you No, no, you're welcome. Wool. You're Alara, welcome. You cannot help touching a sheep <laughs> because it's just too nice. I am too. Thank you. You're welcome. If you liked our podcast, please subscribe. This is how we keep going. And please ask your friends to join us. Please also feel free to post any comments or questions to our social media sites. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under Backyard Green Films. Thanks again for listening. We'd like to thank Chris for joining us today. And if you'd like to find out more information about Chris and Barry and their farm or the Lester Longwool, please visit the links in our bio. We'll see you next time with another adventure. You have been listening to Agriculture with your host, Alara Bowman. Please tune in for upcoming episodes from our travels. I'm Rick Bowman, your behind-the-scenes editor. Until next time. This has been a presentation of Backyard Green Films Productions. All rights reserved. Copyright 2023.